When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 103 of Bleeding Blue, and today we are continuing on with chapter 3 of Ernie Palladino's book, If These Walls Could Talk. I am with Snacks, Nikki Snacks, and mm. we are going to dive in. So without further ado, let's bleed. Blah, 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 blah. Next, we are here again once a week. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're rocking. We're rolling. How are you doing today? We're recording on a Sunday night. So how are you doing tonight? Doing great. I had a great productive Sunday. Did my fucking, oh, excuse my language, my 15,000 steps today. Yeah. Me and my best friend, we, we hung out in the woods today. We sat on a, on a log and we, we, we chilled. We talked. It was really great. Overall, an amazing day. Had a steak dinner. Just way too good for life to be this bad. So how are you, Justin? Now we were talking about this pre-show, but I'm glad this is why we're both such great friends. I'm glad that you like fat on your steaks. There's not, and I feel, are we in the minority? Cause there are a lot of people that do not yes. like fat on their steaks. And no, and I know taints. family members who cut the fats, the fat off. And I think that's sacrilegious in my opinion. Why make a Scoop good it steak? on my plate. Why make a steak with the fat and everything involved and not eat it? Okay? There's a reason steak is as good as it is. Eat the fucking fat. That's my two cents. That's your two cents. Especially when you got some caramelized onions on it too, which you went to go get some onions. I did. I went to go get more. Yep. So it's just great. So what we're doing today is, again, we're diving back into Ernie Palladino's If These Walls Could Talk book. It's been a lot of fun going chapter by chapter. Now, we're going to be skipping chapter four. I want to say this now because I know I'm going to forget it at the end. We're skipping chapter four, but I want to record chapter four's episode maybe like now. I want to record maybe half of it. Now, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, just like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get Ron Dixon on the show because you went you went, uh, you went on I'm air s- and you said it. Yep, I am trying so hard. Trust me. So you're going to get arrested for uh, harassment because you're going to harass Ron Dixon eventually. You're going to yeah, track down where he way. lives to come on the show. So uh, we'll we'll see in jail. I'll bail you out. Actually, no, New Jersey doesn't have bail anymore, so there's no need to bail you out. Well, um, I got a – my landlord's an attorney, so I'm good. Oh, good. <laughs> That's his day job? <laughs> um, she. But chapter four – oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my she. aunt. That's her day job. Oh, it's your aunt. aunt. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But chapter four is all about September 11th, September 11, 2001, and I guess some behind-the-scenes stories from that. So what I would love to do is find somebody, 
like maybe somebody who was either maybe on the beat, um, you know, and, and back in 2001 or um, maybe even Ernie Palladino himself. I, I don't know. I want to find somebody. Maybe we'll record half a show talking about chapter four of that book, which is all about September 11th. It's a quick little chapter. That's not like a, an in-depth chapter. Like this was a pretty long chapter, but I want to record, I want to have that episode and I want to release it on the week of September 11th. So yeah, the, I think September 8th is a Tuesday. So we'll release the episode on a Tuesday. And that's when we'll be releasing our episodes during the regular season. So snacks, uh, that's our plan for that. Um, I'm sure there's some awesome stories. I'm sure you can even, you're a little bit older than me. You know, you're old as dirt. You're approaching 30. You can, you know, give me, (laughs) you can give me your reflections on, you know, what you remember. Cause I was three years old. I I can't, I remember, I I remember that day. Like it was the back of my hand and I remember the first game. I remember everything. So, yeah. So that's for, uh, we may record that soon, but we're going to be releasing that later. And I, yeah. I'm really kind of looking forward to that. That's going to be a good uh, one. So- somber, somber conversation. Yeah, it's definitely going to yeah. be a good one. But what this chapter was about, and I was told, uh, shout out to my buddy Joe, who I actually went to high school with. He we recently just uh, connected connected on Twitter, and he, was, and he started listening to Bleeding Blue, and he gave like some feedback. And basically like what he said is like, hey, you're an idiot. Uh, you should basically say what the episode is going to be about before you actually get into the episode and before you actually get into the book, which is very good advice to give context. So what this chapter was about, this chapter three, it was about the highs, the lows, and the pranks of the regular season. I'm not necessarily going to go into such like the lows snacks because I have the discretion to decide what I want to talk about. So <laughs> really, the only the only bad like negative story is like, Michael Strahan and Jesse Armstead like absolutely trashing Jim Fossil the week that his mother died. That's really the only negative that's very story. Fucked up. So I'm sorry. I mean, like that's like like if you don't like the cards, whatever. Can you can you give it a week, please? Yeah. So we'll like, we'll we'll talk all about that. We're gonna so the highs, lows, and the uh, the pranks of the regular season. There's a lot of hijinks of like Eli wide receivers, um, and and even some beef. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the beef of like Amani Toomer, Jeremy Shockey, and then we have to wrap up chapter two of talking about OCU Manure, Lashawn McCoy, and their little rivalry that they had together. So that's what's on tap for today. That's where we're at. Hot, a lot of highs, a lot of funny moments, uh, some low moments, some like I. I think some of the low moments that we're going to talk about, like looking back on it, it's kind of funny and you can kind of reminisce on it a little bit more. So, but it's up for debate. It's up for debate. What, what, what you perceive to be like, Oh, funny. What you perceive to be a high moment where you perceive to be a low moment. So, uh, snacks, you want to, you want to get right into it. Do you have any like, uh, thoughts about like the show as a whole? I think the guts of this show is going to be very good. So I am all in, see what I did there. I am all in. I'm mm. getting right into this right now. All right, let's do it. While I'm heated, Justin. While I'm fucking heated. Yeah, you you're you're all you're all fed. You're all full, so you're ready to go. Oh, um, I feel good. All right, we're wrapping up chapter two with rivals, and then we'll get then we'll jump right into the highs and the lows of the regular season and the hijinxes and the pranks. So shady dealings. The war of words between Human Yura and Philadelphia's LaShawn Shady McCoy started during the lockout of 2011, and it intensified from there. It probably never should have happened at all since Human Yura's contract squabbles were none of the running back's business in the first place. But when McCoy decided to weigh in on the matter, it understandably triggered an alternately mean-spirited and comical exchange that carried all the way over into the 2012 season. 
having filed an affidavit that general manager Jerry Reese went back on a promise in April of 2008 to either renegotiate his contract or trade him to another team, Yumanura was in the midst of his usual contract squabbles, which, by the way, side note, I'm, I'm stopping reading for a second. Jerry Reese and O.C. Yumanura. Not good friends. Yeah. First of all, he had like he signed a contract extension of like seven years, forty one million dollars, something crazy. Like that's like six million a year. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. No, for, for that, that's dirt cheap. Dirt. So towards the end of like OC's contract, and I think especially after like his 2010 season where tied the record for force uh, force fumbles forced in a single season, I think he wanted a little bit more money and right, rightfully him? so kind of in my opinion. But uh, so back to Paladino. The controversy escalated as efforts to reach a new collective bargaining bargaining agreement remained stalemated between the players' union and league management. That's when McCoy jumped in via Twitter on June 16th. Unprovoked, McCoy called him overrated and soft, the third best D lineman on his team. Honestly, <laughs> you and you're fired a tweet back calling McCoy Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. <laughs> Nope. In an interview the following day, Yumanura said that little chihuahua or poodle in the backfield, he doesn't have to block me. If some, if you have something to say, say it man to man. You can't be a Twitter gangster. That's easy to do. Trying to be a tough guy. Say it to my face and we'll see what happens. In another interview, he said, I mean, he's a girl, man. Who does stuff like that? If he has more things to say, he can say them to my face. Don't be no Twitter gangster, man. Yumanura left no doubt where his emotions were. Yeah, me and him, we had words on the field both times we played. I hate him. He hates me. Period. He chose to take it off the field and make it public when it's something between me and him. He let the whole world know about it, so I'm going to respond. From there, it was game on, sometimes in good fun. In May of 2012, Yumanura tweeted, Happy Mother's Day, LaShawn McCoy. Enjoy your special day. To which McCoy answered, LOL, let the beef begin. Snacks, yeah. yeah. I want to hear your thoughts first off because then I have a question about this whole thing about like, is it corny or is it actually like good and like, is this good for the rivalry? So I want to hear your thoughts on it because you saw the E60. I did. I, I saw the E60. We watched it at my, uh, my my friend Willie's house back in the day, and that hatred's real. That's that's. There's no arguing it. To me. OC goes up 50,000 notches in my in my Giants fandom book for the simple fact that he hated a Philadelphia Eagle as much as he did, especially with Sean McCoy, somebody who's burned us for, for plenty of times. I I love this. OC, the third best D lineman on the team, stop. Like, that's as absurd as saying that I'm a normal person. But what okay. but is he is he right though? Because it was what do you mean is he right? He made- when he made that comment, JPP and Tuck were still on the team. Now, see, I would I love Justin Tuck. Okay. OC was still better than Tuck at that time. I'm sorry. He was more disruptive. Even against, even against the run? No, 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 no. Not against the run. Tuck was an elite run defender. He was a, an elite pass rusher, too. When he was healthy and he was in his prime, he was one of the best in his position at the time. But OC never slowed down. And... His job was to get to the quarterback and strip the ball. That he did it with ease, Justin. So I, in this time, in this time frame right now, where McCoy and OC went at it, I would take OC over Tuck. So no, I, I, I think McCoy is very wrong, very wrong. OC was elite up until he left. My two cents. Sorry. And I fucking hate the Eagles. Their fans are disgusting. They're terrible people. <laughs> the city's trash. 
The cheesesteaks are overrated. Everything about Philadelphia is disgusting. I especially hated McCoy because he I was did too. I so never good. liked him. He was ne- so well, good. You know what? You know what he was. You know, you, Justin. I don't know. Maybe, granted, what I'm four years older, so yeah. you may know you, you four. May, shut up. You may know the name. Well, of course you know the name, but maybe you don't know the significance of how good he was. He was, he was like this past generation's Brian Westbrook. Brian yeah. Westbrook tormented the Giants every single time they played. I don't think there was ever a time he was under 100 yards all scrimmage with like two touchdowns. Never. Never. And McCoy did the same fucking thing. God, that's so kind of like, but also kind of my point is calling OC when you're the third, the third best Giants defensive lineman. That's not really a dig. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> no, really dig. but he's wrong. OC and J- <sighs> JPP. Was oh there, my God. Right. Wait, I just, I just, I just saw this. I, I, I think on the field. I think on the field, like in 2010, now McCoy had rushed for 175 yards on 24 carries in two games against the Giants in 2010. And apparently, I'm guessing this is on the field. Paladino isn't really clear, but you don't say this kind of thing in the locker room. And he, he called him an African mother effer. It was the harshest language he'd ever heard. Yeah, that's not good. That's the not harshest good. Harshest language you ever heard. It's really bad. I didn't know that. So wait, but then McCoy responded to the Happy Mother's Day comment in an ESPN interview, um, where he called Humanura a, a ballerina. Which snacks? If if people have been listening for long enough, I know you're defending OC, and I know you are doing your due diligence as a fan, and especially to spite the Eagles. I know you're doing, Fuck it, and them. you're doing, you're you're fighting the good fight. But I remember on our rewatchable when we rewatched that game against the Bears where I was loving OC and I was loving every second of it and you were kind of hating on him a little bit cuz he was lazy. But hey, McCoy calling him a ballerina? Uh is he wrong? Um I say yes. Like fuck right, you. Like the guy's awesome. But LaShawn McCoy doesn't play for the Eagles anymore, right? No. No, very simple question. I know he doesn't, Justin. I just want you to answer it. So I will say he probably wasn't wrong. Sorry. I don't want to say wow. it loud. I'm done. I'm not saying anymore. No. So you disputed I, there was, you disputed there, and you I, I I'm having trouble with your logic and your your driving force behind your takes. Because you brought up the time where I was talking about OC and he was lazy. When we rewatched, he was lazy. Okay? I, I said it out loud. I know that's your he favorite had, giant of all he time. He had three sacks and two forced fumbles in that game. That when he wanted to game. fucking do it, Justin. When he oh wanted to do God. it. When he didn't want to play on that snap, he didn't play. Ballerina? No. Sorry. Okay? And LaShawn McCoy could never even touch the fucking asshole of OCU Monroe with his two rings. That is true. OCU Monroe did 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 eventually respond with the with the two rings comment. Yeah, no shit. That's all that fucking matters. I might be a ballerina Giants uniform. I'm lucky that I got the contract. I'm lucky to be playing ten years in the league, won Super Bowls, all that is pure luck. Which I think maybe he was being sarcastic with saying Fuck all that. Is if I ever luck. if I ever saw a Sean McCoy in, in, in person, I'd spin on him. I'd spin also, on he's him. playing a he's playing a fucking meaningless position, running back. Meaningless. Yeah, yeah. And you remember we we drafted one at second overall. So sorry. Yeah. If anyway. if that if anyway. that didn't if that didn't expose my 
my opinion on what happened in 2018. I don't well, know. Well, at least we can both agree. <laughs> David both was agree. here. That's a different story. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> hey, Ben. David hey, will buddy. be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't maybe. announce that. Maybe. Oh, God, <laughs> yes, God David will. is still um, having some technical difficulties, but next weekend, we assure everybody, us three will be here and ready to go. I want to wrap up that story with basically asking, is that a corny story? Is like that, that whole thing, do we look, I mean, obviously like happy mother's day, LaShawn McCoy, every single mother's day, somebody is like taking a screenshot of that tweet and they're like tagging OC in it and he retweets it and he laughs at it. So obviously we look back on it now and it's like, Oh, that's funny. That's cool. But like looking back on it, like the, the, the exchange that happened, Obviously, we weren't there on the field, and obviously what we did hear, what did happen on the field is, number one, LaShawn McCoy on the Giants, and number two, LaShawn McCoy was an asshole with that with that name that he called Osium Yura. That's absolutely terrible. That's that's brutal. But yeah, it's really bad. Is this, is this corny? Because especially if we compare it to last week, what we saw with Runyon and Strahan being the utmost professional battle, but also... Flows all Adams and Justin Tuck. If there's a battle that's going to be unprofessional and nasty, I would rather it happen like on the field and you kicking each other's ass rather than like on Twitter and through other reporters and through ESPN interviews. I think this is kind of corny and I makes me cringe when I look back on it. All right. Well, I disagree. I truly love the hatred and the vitriol that two star players on opposing rival teams had for each other. Because to me, and I think it's something I've said numerous times to you, whether on the podcast or in like a text that we talk all the time, there's no real rivalry anymore. So the fact that you got O.C. bashing LeSean McCoy, who at the time was probably the best running back in football, maybe outside of AP, and O.C., who was a guy who's maybe entering the twilight zone and whatnot, I love it. You, you live for that as a fan. As a fan, how can you not sit there and say, Fuck him. Fuck McCoy. Fuck this. Fuck Philly. How do you not sit there and say that? Oh no, I, I do it and I didn't need that I didn't need that little dispute for me to You know what your problem is? You're way too conservative. You don't want any little nuanced little bullshit thing coming in between Giants football and winning, which by the way, we will never win again ever for the rest no, of my life. I would rather Oh, oh f- first of all, I, sh- I, God damn it, I forgot to start the show like this. You texted me last night, no. or this morning, no. we were talking this morning. No. You said, we're going to the playoffs. No, I didn't say that. We deserve this. No, I didn't say that. I, I, I think you that. did. No, I didn't. No way. All right, I'm, I'm putting the screenshots up on Twitter, and I'm, I'm clipping this, and I'm putting it up on Twitter, and I'm putting the screenshots of our text messages. Go ahead, I dare you. It's fake. I'll say I was hacked. Easy. All right. I, I, I just Fuck. changed the contact name to somebody, Nikki Snacks. Fuck. And uh, that's that's what I did. Fuck. I can't believe you did that. I think you were drunk. I had a few glasses of wine. Saturday night, you love your wine. I do. I love my wine. Love it. I wanted to start the show like that. God damn it. Great podcasting. All right. Let's, well, let's you know move what? on. It's, I think it's, it's, almost better. it's almost better you put it right there because I... I I, I kind of gave you an in right there. so Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you did because you said that we're never going to win. Yeah, it works out better. Right. We're going to playoffs, 100%. Um, no doubt. 
I think it's a little corny. What I would have rather seen, I would have rather seen OCU Munira make a play on McCoy somewhere on the field, and he gets up. I talked about putting elbows and ribs last week or shove his fucking face in the ground. That's what I would rather see. I'd rather you see kick somebody's ass on the field instead of tweeting at them, Happy Mother's Day, which it seemed kind of random. It seemed very like, why are you saying Happy Mother's Day out of all the disses you could possibly do? Why I are you saying, it was- it's, I think it's just corny. Ah, fine, corny. fine. Uh, well, we disagree. I thought it was hysterical, and we, I think OC owned him. So move on. We agree to disagree. We agree, we agree to, disagree. to disagree. Yes, that's why we're very good at this. So what we're talking about now is the snowball game. We're officially on the chapter three, the highest, ah, the lowest yeah, pranks of the regular go. season. We're talking about the snowball game of 1995, last week of the season, Giants Chargers in 1995. I already probably already said that. What? So I made a breakdown video of this, and this was one of the first breakdown videos, like funny. I make them every once in a while. I, I will kind of say that maybe I'm known for them on Giants Twitter because nobody else tries to make voiceover videos that are of like funny moments. Yeah, I no, did some you, cat videos and stuff like that. Yeah, you, um, you would send them to me for, for proofreading. I'm like, dude, why is this not on Twitter yet? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Because I'm patient. Uh, I'm bo- like uh, Bobby Bobby Skinner, the co-host of Talking Giants. Uh, he He's always like, I need to put out the content now. I just made it. I need to put it out now. Um, no, but I, I like to sit on stuff. If, if there's ever a day where it's like a, I, save, I save things for a rainy day and I don't feel like doing anything. Bobby, I'll tell you right now. Hold on. Because I know Bobby's going to listen. Patience is a virtue, my friend. It's a virtue. Go ahead, Justin. Thank you, Snacks. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, I love you. But I made a breakdown video on this. And at the time I was like laughing, like, oh, this is kind of like funny. This is like a really funny moment. It's almost like when people look back and laugh at that, the the Santa Claus game in Philadelphia, like they were just throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. But from the comments and from the replies and some people that either watched that game or people that were at that game, there were some people in my replies that was like, I was at that game and it was terrible (laughs) it was just it was a devastating like sad scene it was a bad day to be a giants fan um so here's the circumstances and i actually shit i forgot to see who who told me this on twitter one of my followers and i'm so sorry if you're listening to this i give you all the credit in the world and i love you one of i I recently reposted this video on like the bleeding blue account to say hey we're going to be talking about this story and I kind of, you know, to just to repost the video and kind of give a little preview. And somebody said, you want to know what happened? It just snowed the night before. And they just like didn't shovel. <laughs> Giant stadium. They just didn't shovel yeah, what usually you. happens. <laughs> and and what usually happens and what I thought happened is it maybe snowed the night before or it snowed two days ago and they shovel too late. And then the top layer of like maybe the stands or the top layer of everything just froze over. And then they just made snowballs out of all of that. That's what I thought happened. But he was like, no, they were just they just neglected everything and they just didn't shovel, which I've never been to a game where they just have not shoveled. (laughs) I've never been to a game. Well, now I guarantee you that set the precedent that every game from there on after they have to shovel. So. Before I even get into it, do you do you remember this this game at all, or do you have no recollection? No, I don't. No, this was okay. this was I was what ninety five, right? Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, no, I was two years old. No, I I was not. Yeah. I was a uh, the that was probably the last time I was normal. So no, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> last time you were normal. All right, so I'll get into it. Snowball game. When little kids have a snowball fight, it's harmless fun. When a pack of liquored up, frustrated adults do it, child's play turns into anything but. It became downright dangerous as December 23rd, 1995, 
uh, uh, Christmas Christmas Eve Eve, by the way. Well, as, uh, <laughs> as a 5-11 and 11 season wrapped up against the Chargers in a giant stadium still filled with snow from the previous night's storm, only 50,243 fans showed up in the 76,000 capacity seat building, with many having bought their spots from season ticket holders who did not want to brave the cold weather for a meaningless game. What transpired in the stands was just plain scary. I had season tickets for 22 years, and that was the worst experience I ever had. Tommy, at the time, a 43-year-old Brooklynite sitting in section 123A, an end zone area just to the right of the goalpost. I was there for Joe Parshtick, the scab games, and that one. Those were the three worst games ever. Aside from nearly causing the first forfeit in NFL history as fans pelted the field with snowballs and ice balls in the fourth quarter, three officials were hit, and a San Diego equipment manager was knocked out cold. We were just watching and shaking our heads. We couldn't believe what was going on. It wasn't funny at all, uh, Tommy said. So that actually is true. And he goes on to kind of, uh, Paladino goes on to describe how in the second half, there was actually a five-minute inter- intermission because Chargers equipment manager, Sid Brooks, he was laying unconscious on the sideline for five minutes after getting hit in the face <laughs> with the snowball. It's unbelievable. Now, unbelievable. it wasn't just it's and I think what also like we think it's like, oh, maybe they just left the snow like it, so they were throwing snowball. But no, there were people that have like reflected and they said they were throwing they were legitimately throwing ice. And it's. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, for let's let's preface by saying this: the Meadowlands is in North Jersey, which I am a proud, born and raised kind of guy here. It gets real cold, real fast, and the snow yeah hits different, and wind. Oh, oh, the wind with the wind at the Meadowlands. I always say this every every time. So my girlfriend always say like, "Well, we're going to the game. It says it's going to be sixty degrees." I'm like, "No, it's not going to be sixty degrees." Knock off 15 degrees because that Meadowlands wind is... It's the wind. It's that wind chill. Yep. It's the wind chill. That's, you know, that's what the Meadowlands is known for. That's why that's why the Giants drafted Sims and Eli and, and, you know, they have strong arms. Anyway, these are legit weapons. What you're talking about, these snowballs are weapons. Am I wrong? Like, you're they're putting together ice for a shitty football team. Weapons. I'm glad I wasn't alive for this. Yeah, and those, and if you watch that breakdown video that I did, maybe I'll post it again. Or you maybe should, because it's really good. I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a video and I'll use some clips from the breakdown in that. Though the, <laughs> the cameras actually caught like a couple guys like throwing snowballs and like the intense, the intensity that was on their faces. They were treating how they were throwing snowballs as their own like sporting event and as their own like participating in their own thing, not like a game was actually being played on the football field. And the snowballs that they were throwing were huge, huge, insanely huge. So fights broke out all over the stands. Listen to this, resulting in 175 ejections from the stadium and 15 arrests. 15? (laughs) Well, I think it's more crazy that it's 175 ejections. So I'm going to, I'm skipping around a little bit because I just know. I yeah yeah well yeah, shouldn't, no we shouldn't go into it no we no, no because technically we'll, we'll, te- technically I'm not allowed at MetLife Stadium but I still go yeah, so. yeah which which we've alluded to here and there on this podcast and we promise one day we'll we'll have like a a, a snacks episode one day where snacks just describes all of the times where he's like supposedly not 
allowed to be in MetLife Stadium and all the times they probably have asked him to leave, yeah, but he just bad. continues to come back anyway. It's bad. No, I don't care. You can't keep me out of there. Even if there's no fans during this football season, I promise you I'll be there Monday Night Football against the Steelers. I promise you. Yeah, you and you and me both. I know. Um, but I know. What, what's interesting about the 175 ejections, what Mara, I think this started to be precedent after this game, even if, like, let's just say I sold my tickets to you, Snacks, for this game, this Week 17 meaningless game in a 5-11 and season against the Chargers. I sold my tickets to you, but you got caught throwing snowballs on the field and you got ejected. I'm pretty sure I lost my regular season tickets. Even though I was not at the game, I legit, like, lost the rights to my seats. I didn't. I wasn't just fined. I wasn't, like, it wasn't even just you that was ejected. It wasn't even just you that maybe got arrested. Like all a lot of those people lost their regular season tickets. Now, snacks, we can tell the story of both of us and both of our fathers when we yep. were born. They put our names on a waiting list. Yep. And I want you to guess. The day I was born, my dad put me on the waiting list. And I want you to guess, because I didn't know how many, the sheer number of people that were waiting for regular season tickets for the Giants back in the old stadium. I want you to guess how long the waiting list was. From what year you said? I think Palladino was writing in 1995. Like okay. he's writing about 1995. I'll say 7,800. 7,800? Yeah. No, no. You are you are so cold. It's not even funny. It's so much more. Yeah, I figured. I figured. I will. I woke up at a. Uh... Seven o'clock today, and then I I, I had uh, eight bowls of cereal, so I figure I go seventy eight. Um, yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that makes sense. Apple Jacks, by the way. Um, hmm. All right. How about twenty three thousand four hundred seventy two? No, you basically have to multiply that by four. The waiting list at the time was a hundred thousand people. Ah, yeah. And that Hell waiting yeah. list was. I'm glad. I'm glad I was off. <laughs> that waiting list was almost a hundred thousand people until they started doing the PSLs with the new stadium, which that is absurd. It's incredible. I have told you people ask me all the time, like, why are you like this? Why are you the way you are? Okay. Well, I don't know. I came out of my mother's womb and I had a club foot. So I had a cast on my foot for two years. Wait, Doc- no fucking way. I Wait. had a club foot too. How come no, we've never discussed this? That's why we love each other, Justin. That's why we're so good. Wait, my my left foot is a size 10 and my right foot is a size 12. Isn't See, that fucked I, up? Yeah, that's, uh, ugh, that's awful. That's very fucked up. I'm not that fucked up. But I was told, <laughs> my parents were told that your son is probably not going to be able to walk without bars or without bars in his leg or anything. I went on, I played basketball, baseball, football, all in, all in high school and whatnot. But my dad, the first thing this sick, sadistic fucking asshole did was call the Giant Stadium ticket window and put me on the waiting list the day I was born, March 26, 1993. Unfortunately, we never got to see that day because, you know, they did away with the waiting list because it's a bunch of greedy, fucking rotten, cocksucking well, well, no. assholes. Asshole. They technically, they technically didn't do away with the waiting list. Justin, You're, stop. They you, did away. No, with it. no. I'm, I'm telling you what happened. I got a phone call, or my father got a phone call when he, like, because he did the same thing when I was born, March 11th, 1998. In 1998, he put my name on the waiting list because that was the expectation. Like, 
I am, my name would be called sometime in my lifetime. And when my name was actually called and when I got the call is when they opened up the new stadium, because that is how much, that is how many people legitimately said, no, we cannot afford this. No. So they didn't do away with the waiting list. They just went through the entire thing. No, because they're scumbags. <laughs> scumbags. All right, next. Sorry. I don't want to get into this. I'm, I'm angry. No, but I'm so that I just, I, I found that to be crazy because then I remember, I always remember growing up, my father would tell me, like, we need to be careful. And I'm still careful with this, by the way. Like, this is part of partially the reason why I don't really put my tickets up on, like, Ticketmaster or stuff like that, even though people aren't as crazy as they used to be. Like, um, the XFL, that game that we went to with the guardians game, like that reminded me of old giant stadium, just because people were brash and people didn't give two shits, yeah. but now it's like, now it's like a stupid family friendly environment. So now I, I, I would feel a little bit better if I had to sell my tickets to a complete stranger, but I try not to, when I do sell my tickets, I try not to sell them to a complete stranger. Cause I, my father put in my brain when I was little and he may have been basing this, this like this like line of thinking from this snowball game where he's like, even if you sell your tickets to somebody, if they get into a fight or something, we will lose our tickets. He told me that when I was little and I have not lost that, like that paranoia sense. So I'm like very particular about who I sell my tickets to. As you should be, you know? Yeah. So, and um, real real quick, real real quick, real quick. Um, this is like side note, just talking about like season tickets and all. Um, I truly believe that if there is an NFL season, which by the way, maybe we could talk about it later. I don't think there's going to be. Um, but if there Stop. is, no, nah, I really, the second wave is coming. It's, it's not Texas, Arizona, Florida. Everybody's getting hammered right now. It's not good. But if they don't, first of all, I don't think you could play football without fans. I just don't think the human athlete in a violent sport like that has no motivation to do anything without 80,000 people screaming. I don't think you can do it. Giants Giants fans have done it uh, in December for the last, like, three years. Because they've been 2 and fucking 11 every fucking December, Justin. Yeah, so it's fine. They anyway, 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 I think, I think what's going to happen around the league is that season ticket holders get to go. And it'll be like 25% field capacity whatnot. If you don't bring me... I have me, no idea how they're going to... If uh, you no I- don't bring me i personally will kill you i'll kill you okay my father has a machete he doesn't have a gun license but he has a machete and i will take that machete and i'll kill you okay that's all i want to tell you well i asked you i asked you to go to like a few giants games last year and then you you had a wedding to go Uh, to Uh, come on come on justin come on i had valid excuses every fucking time and we were already out of it i you know what that remember that minnesota viking game me, you, Ron, and everybody, we all met up. Remember that? Yeah. Shout out Ron Effect. When we were two and two? Yeah. I love you. Love you, Ron. Love you. You remember that game? We were two and two? Yeah, we we I swear to heavenly God that we were gonna win that game. Okay. Yeah. I skipped out on an engagement party for two people I love dearly because of you. You talked me into it and I went. I did. And we I'm went. a bad influence on you. You are, but it's also a good influence. And we lost. And I cried, I cried, I cried <laughs> all fucking night. My girlfriend hated me. 
It was her sister and her fiance, who I love so much. They hated me. Everybody hated me. And I went to the Meadowlands, the only place in the world that makes me happy. And I watched a losing football team. Because we are losers. And we will never, we will never, we will never, ever, ever, ever win another game. We might go 0 16 this year. Go ahead. You literally said 10 minutes ago we're making the playoffs. Um, no. But all I said on Bleeding Blue. All I said on Bleeding Blue was I remember being two and two and being so excited that we were two and two. And what at, the, at that point, it, we're in October at that point, I believe. Yeah, because we start, you know, t- kind of towards the middle, early September. So we're in October. And I'm like, to be above 500 in like the I know. beginning or I know. the middle of October, I said, we have to win this game. Now, the Vikings are a really good football team. But, you know, uh, and I, I don't think we fully realize. No, the Vikings at that point were kind of railing. And I believe this Giants game was like their get right game, which ha <laughs> we were everybody's get right game in 2019. <laughs> we were even Mitchell Trubisky's get right game in 2019. Um, but at that point, it was Stefan Diggs is going to get traded. Um, but we needed to win that game. We needed to. And I was so excited because it's home. It's a home meaningful game early in the season, but it's not like week one. So, all right. Um, where are we? Where are we? Um, Tommy, our, our boy, Tommy from Brooklyn in section 123 a, I love this quote. Um, this guy from the lower deck came up and said, we, we threw a snowball at him and it hit him. Um, we didn't throw anything. He responded, but he went to the littlest guy of our group and said, yeah, I bet you did it. And then he hit him in the head. And then one of our guys got into it. Most of our group were cops. They started beating the hell out of each other. And that was the, now this is the, this is the quote that I, that I enjoy the most, this little sentence, that was the only brawl we ever had. And he says this like brawls at the old stadium were like common, which I think they were. If I remember things correctly, there had to be at least once a game in like my little section 300, 315 little hub. And like what you can just see with your eyes, there was at least one noticeable fight and brawl every single game at the old stadium. Oh, always. I cannot say the same now. It's okay. I, well, listen, listen. I could tell you numerous stories about the old Giants stadium, how many times I got kicked out. We'll save it for next week. Don't worry. So in total, 15 fans, they suffered snowball injuries, snowball-related injuries. They were treated at the stadium's first aid station, though none were hospitalized. Now, yeah, okay. it's good. It's now good. this is this is why I kind of look back on this, and also 10 security guards were injured by either flying snowballs or flying fists. So this is why I look back on this event and I kind of like laugh and I giggle a little bit. Now, if I was there at this game and if I was watching this game, especially if like the NFL is like the NFL never forfeited a game before and they were actually thinking about forfeiting this game. And if I was there and I saw like that five minute intervention inter, you know, intermission where the Chargers equipment manager got knocked out cold by a piece of ice that was flying in the air. Like, okay, he's okay. Now I'm looking back on this 25 years later and I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Now, this is <laughs> this is something that really made me laugh about how Paladino worded this. He went on this is on like the next page. The incident proved a huge embarrassment for what had been regarded as a as a staid button up buttoned up organization and fan base, unlike Jets fans who set fire to some upper deck seats in 1988. Giants fans simply did not behave that way. First of all, I saw that. Okay, well, first of all, I need to look more into that. But second of all, Giants fans throwing snowballs 
should be nowhere even near in relation to Jets fans intentionally setting fire to the stadium. <laughs> Jet fans. <laughs> Jet fans. Like, why is this why is this even Jet a fans. comparison between and also why are Giants fans like getting such a bad rap? And even John Mara, he had to set out like an apology. Um, like oh, there was this pussy. whole like thing of like finding out like, oh, who was who were the ones that were throwing the most snowballs? And he did like this whole investigation. People were actually like wanted. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but it's the fucking stadium's fault. I could tell you a lot about their uh their system, you know, being in the drunk tank. Um, but it's okay. For another day. For, for another, another day. day. For another for day. For another day. For another day. Um but I just I just find this to be so so crazy that I'm reading this and the more that I that people talk to me about this event, because I'm honestly fascinated by this event. I'm fascinated by this game. I can tell you very few things that happened in this game. The Giants blew a, a big lead. I think they might have blown a 17 to 3 lead. And I think that's why Paladino mentioned earlier when I was reading. He mentioned that the snowballs really started coming down in the fourth quarter because the Giants blew the big lead. And there was a 99 interception, 99 yard interception returned back for a touchdown, you know, Chargers touchdown. And he, the guy that was returning it back for a touchdown actually had to cover up the ball because, because fans were just pelting snowballs. And if a snow, and if a piece <laughs> of ice would hit that ball, what he would fumble. I have no clue. Everybody had to keep their helmets on on the sideline because again, if a Chargers equipment manager is getting, you know, is, is passing out due to getting hit in the face, uh, they were, or they all kept their helmets on, but we look back on this and the more, again, the more people tell me like, this is a day that you want to forget in giants history. This is not Giants fans' fault. This is the Giants' fault for doing this. Yeah. They didn't shovel. <laughs> no. Why, why would they? I really want to... I, like, kind of want to have, like, an episode just on this game. Which, basically, that. that's what this was. That's what this was already. <laughs> because we've talked for, like, a half an hour, I feel like, on this game. But I want to... Again, this is this is another thing where we need to find... Uh, where we need to get somebody for... for uh, for an interview. Oh, and this is also funny. Where you, you remember Bob Shepard, right? Oh, nuts. Amani Tuma. Fuck him. Well, that, that's the way that he said it. I know he did. I know. Tuma. So he actually had to go on the. Uh, uh, he actually had to go on. You know, to announce to the stadium. And I would have loved to hear like how he worded this and how it was actually said and how it was phrased. He actually had to inform the crowd of a possible forfeit if they didn't stop throwing snowballs, which I'm guessing that maybe happened in the, in the first quarter, but in the fourth quarter, you throw that 17 to three lead. It's week 17. You're a losing football team. Snacks. Would you have wanted to pelt Pat Shermer in the face with a piece of ice? Uh, I, I would have loved to pelted Pat Shermer with a lot more than a piece of ice. But yes. So that's basically what that was. It was a meaningless 5-11, and 11, another 4-12 and 12 season. I believe Dan Reeves was the head coach at the time. That's my guess. Don't hold me to it. Probably Dan. What, what year? 95? 95. Yeah, probably Dan Reeves. Or uh, yeah. Grant Hill. No, no. Yeah, Dan Reeves. Because mm. when, did, when, did, uh, when did Fossil come in? 97? I want to say because it was it went it went from Reeves to Fossil. There was nobody in between. Yeah. So all right. So yeah. Yeah. Snacks. Um. I feel like this was once again. I'm. I always get like the feeling when we record this that it was a mess, but then I edit it and it's not a mess. 
No, because you don't realize that we're actually pretty fucking good at this, Justin. Yeah, I, I always hold I always criticize myself so much. Now, I said at the beginning of the episode that we were gonna talk about a lot more. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna quit it there. Let's save it when let's save it when Justin is actually able to talk to us. When David. I I'm sorry, yeah, David. I, oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh. Maybe that steak got to me too much. Yeah, that, that steak that steak got to you. Well, you know, he's um, so forgotten now because he just doesn't want to hang out with us and talk to wow. football. So Oh, wow. hear that, David, you bitch. Oh, he doesn't listen. No, of course he not. He doesn't listen. Of course not. He doesn't listen. <laughs> he'll never um, he'll never so, hear yeah. that. So I'm not reading I'm not reading another chapter this week. Um what we're we have a lot of fun stories about pranks. Yeah, there's a lot um, of stuff we gotta do. Uh, so basically all of those things that I said to you before the show, that's what we're talking about. Um I'm sorry that we didn't get to it, but the snowball game, the snowball story, and also just talking about LaShawn McCoy and OC Munure just got away with us. Uh also OC Munure is an actual chief. He's an actual chief, somebody uh not somebody. Um uh, a village in Africa anointed him a chief because of his oh humanitarian God. efforts. We're going to get to all that next week. Um, so we talked about the snowball game. Uh, I, I will eventually find somebody to interview that. Maybe maybe we'll get somebody who was at that game. Like, uh, you know what? Let's do that. If you were at that game, which I know some people like in my Twitter replies that I may be listening some old, to this. We've got some fans. Yeah, if, if, you, if you knew somebody old. Sorry, that guys. was at that game. But yeah, Nick, yeah, you're you're old. So. Yeah, I, I, shut up, asshole. Um, so if you knew somebody was at that game, let's 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 get together for like 15, 20 minutes and let's let's talk about it. Let's 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 do it. Um, but snacks, do you have any any kind of final words uh, about this episode and about your life? Even though we only talked about two things, basically. Yeah, you know what? We're, this is what we do. We Justin, you send us out a list. We're gonna do all this, blah blah blah, and we always, we cover like two things. Um. But no, just lasting, lasting things I want to say is thank you everybody for listening. This is as fun for me and Justin. I'll speak for you. It's as fun as for us as it is for you guys to listen. I hope you enjoy it. And I will be remiss without saying every single goddamn time I log off right now. Anthony, love you. I will say I will say it every every week. I'm sorry. Let's do it. No, I love it. That man, he he deserves it all. Deserves it all. That's honestly a beautiful way to kind of keep uh, keep his memory alive. Absolutely. Yep. So snacks. Every episode is dedicated to him. I was going to play a, a soundbite of Eli Manning talking play about it. one of his play pranks, it. but no, but no, no, we no, we didn't even get to the any of the pranks or the hijinks. So I have I have a backup plan, oh. and it's you singing. So oh, Jesus, fuck me, God damn it. Every breath you take Every move you make Every bond you break Every step you take I'll be watching you Every single day Every word you say Every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Oh, can't you see? You belong to me. Oh, poor aches. But every step you take, 